Spirit Guides Network Radio. This week's show is all about ascension and the awakening process. With our special guest, Chris Bourne from openhamweb.org. Chris and his wife Trinity have dedicated their lives to helping people understand the true nature of ascension and how they can get into the flow and be a part of Gaia's awakening process. Okay, so just a warm welcome to Chris. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you, Ian. Thank, thanks very much for calling. Okay, it's uh, fantastic to have you on board. Um, tonight's show is around ascension, mm-hmm. um, and basically, uh, who better to have on the show than uh, Chris Bourne from <laughs> OpenHandWeb.org, uh, um, <laughs> alongside your, your partner as well, your wife, is it, Trinity? Trinity, that's right. I feel very humbled by your introduction <laughs> already. <laughs> Oh, honestly, so it's a mutual respect there, mate, I have to say. Anyway, um, we we tend to put a lot of information on our site with Ascension Awakening. Um, we do try to come at it through all different angles. Um, and I think it's just really great to have you guys come on and really sort of dispel all the misconceptions around Ascension. Um, I know you've done a wonderful presentation as well, which you've uploaded onto your website. And if it's okay with you, we'll put a link to that as well underneath this show so people can watch it as well so what I thought I'd do first is I thought it'd be good for you could just give an introduction to your to your awakening process that happened to you you said when you was 40 you had a car accident didn't you that's right yes yes indeed yeah I mean um it was it was amazing really because prior to that uh you could call me an atheist really uh, I had no spiritual beliefs at all. In fact, I'd studied science, I'd studied uh, quantum theory at uh, Oxford University. And as far as I was concerned, you know, you could describe the universe in very scientific principles. But what happened to the, in the car crash was truly profound because I was caused to believe that I was certainly going to die uh, in, the, in the way the crash happened. And... What I came to realize was that at the moment of death, or when you think you're going to die, there's basically two choices that can happen. One, you can either go into fear, panic, and terror, and really close down. Or alternatively, you, you might realize that there's nothing left to be afraid of. There's nothing left to be attached to. And you can just simply let go. And this is what happened to me. And I found basically all of my attachments to you know, to life, to family, to friends, to job, career, debt, you name it. All of those ta- attachments just get, kept getting stripped away. And as they did, I became stiller and stiller inside. And my consciousness just expanded into multiple dimensions of reality. And I was able to think and contemplate on multiple planes. And I felt um, the presence of spirit with me. And at that point, I was taken on a journey back through my life and shown that how every single event and circumstance that happens to us has but one purpose, and that is to help us realize an aspect of truth about ourselves to ourselves. And so I could see, um, as I look back, how it it was as if my whole life had been shaped to uh, give me a chance to understand who and what I really was, and what's more, obviously, then I realized that this happens for everyone. I wasn't just a unique case, that everybody has this opportunity too. 
so yes, it was a very profound experience, a very powerful experience. Yeah, because mm. I think a lot of people talk about the the tunnel effect where they meet loved ones, but in your case, it seemed to be a multi-dimensional experience. Exactly. Uh, so kind of a different type of experience, really. And it's interesting you saying that you you realise that um, we're here to learn about aspects of ourselves. So like yeah. reality is like a mirror showing yes. us what we need to work on. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was the one key thing that came from it all, that every single incident, there is but one, this one overriding purpose. And if you think about it, really, since we are, I think we, you know, we will accept we are one life. Since we are one life and everything is, uh, we, everything is a part of us, there is only one thing to know in the universe, and that's who we are. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of working on contrast, isn't it? Yeah. So what you're saying in your presentation, you're saying that in order to know, to have an awareness and know who you are, you have to know what you're not. Well, yes, you have to. But I think, um, I think the way I put it in the presentation was that you, uh, you have, you. The point is, you can't actually not know what you are. That's the that's the conundrum. How can you, in order to know who you are and experience that, you have to know what you're not. In other words, you can't experience hot without cold, up without down, left without right. And so, from my perspective anyway, we created this incredible illusion of two opposing flows of consciousness. One, a consciousness spreading out to ever greater separation, and another, uh, a pull inwards, a draw inwards to ever greater unity. And it's these two opposing flows, if you like, the unity consciousness um, decided that if it lost itself in the separation consciousness, in other words, if a soul was to infuse itself in a body-mind and convince itself it was that body-mind by animating thoughts, feelings, emotions, then we would get the experience of separation and identification with the physical plane. And then by letting go of the identification and slowly but surely unfolding into the more etheric, whole, complete aspect of our nature, then we would get a feeling and experience of what it really means to be one, um, the one life. Mm. So in effect, this is what Ascension is all about, is kind of returning back to a unity consciousness Yes, that that, right? yes, absolutely, it, yeah. But with separation, there's different levels of separation, isn't there? So um, obviously we're in what we call the 3D, so yes. we're, we're kind of really thickening the goo and we've really lost yeah. ourselves and stuff. But then it's like lesser, subtle, um, less, um, I guess, dense. So, is, yeah. is, so is, I mean, with unity, it sounds like you can only have unity, but you can have many levels of separation, or can you have different levels of each from your perspective? Yeah, that's a very interesting question indeed. Um, I, th I think what you have is you have separation consciousness arrayed in multiple dimensions. So what I feel, there are 11 dimensions in all. And then within those 11 dimensions, uh, a soul, for example, would be infused in one particular dimension, say the third, and would have a very dense experience and yet, when we move to the next plane, the next plane of consciousness, would, which would be the fifth, then you get a much finer, more etheric uh, experience of reality. 
And that continues so on up through the dimensions as we continue to ascend. And, it, you know, it's getting finer and finer and finer all the time. So you're getting ever closer to the experience of infinite potential, which is, which is really what this is all about. So it's actually knowing ourselves as the zero sum total of all things before any of this came into being. Yeah. So where do you feel we're going to go now? So should we go back to your presentation? Uh -huh. you, you kind of start off um, with a diagram yeah. um, where you've got kind of unity is like a little dot. And yes. then you show concentric circles coming out yes. like a wave. You just sort of go into that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, what happened for me was when when I awoke, I started seeing this um, what I would call two two overlapping concentric circles in different colors. One was one was kind of a blue indigo, and one was a, a green. And with 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 the blue indigo sort of spreading outwards as as shafts of light through the green, and I focused on that for a long time and tried to understand what it really meant. And it, it brought me kind of full circle back to some of the quantum theory that I've been studying at university. And basically, what, what came to me was that it all began with what scientists would call a singularity or unity, where there was just nothing and nothing was everything. And then basically, this... this um, state which you could call unity had two choices it could either stay as unity or it could subdivide into parts and since we have infinite time at this point because there is no time then we have infinite probability that both of those things are going to happen so basically what you get is unity subdividing into separate parts of itself separation and but actually what you have, if you look at it more closely, is not parts of anything. Because as soon as, as soon as you get separation, you have relativity, you have this and that. And as soon as you've, you've got that condition, what you have is consciousness, awareness, because awareness is simply the awareness of one thing uh, as opposed to another. And so what you have actually at that point is you have two opposite flows, one of separation consciousness flowing outwards to ever greater multiplicity, and one in the opposing direction of unity consciousness back to absolute zero, if you like. So that's, what's, what's, that's how it all really kicks off, in my opinion. Yeah. It's quite interesting. When I, look, when I looked at your diagram, and it mm -hmm. showed we're, we're kind of on the outer edges, yeah. um, which is like a long, uh, a long wave, isn't it? Yes. Uh, so yes. we're sort of ascending, but wouldn't that wave keep moving and get denser and denser and denser? Or are we kind of on a, on a wave coming inwards against that outer wave? Well, you're asking a very, very powerful and very, very interesting question. Um, the question that I've been posing to myself is separation consciousness gets to a certain expansion. Now, when you think about it, there's an actual dynamic holding separation consciousness and unity consciousness in place. It's like if you have a pond and you drop a pebble in the middle and the ripples spread out to the outer edges of the pond. Actually, of course, the water itself is not moving outwards. The water is just moving up and down. It's only the disturbance that's moving outwards. So you're actually, what you've got is you've got um, an equilibrium between an outward flow and an inward flow. Now, the question happens, the question that's, that I that's come to me recently is that if you take light 
out of the third dimension. In other words, if, if unity consciousness en masse ascends into the fifth dimension, then what's going to happen to separation consciousness? And my feeling, and this is backed up by, by synchronicity, is that at some point separation consciousness is going to implode. You're going to basically get a black hole. Now, interestingly, our galaxy, the center of which is a black hole, and as soon as you get this kind of explosion of light, which forms, say, a galaxy or even a universe, you're left with a black hole. And once the forces, the energies become unbalanced, then what could happen is a, an implosion. So that's one definite possibility. Yeah. Although who knows when that might happen. Mm. Okay. So just sort of leading from that as well. So we're here in, in, the, in the 3D world kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, and what, what you describe in your presentation is that we're already, Earth's already ascended into uh -huh. this kind of fifth dimensional consciousness. So Earth is much more ascended than most of the people on the planet. And we're kind of playing catch up or trying to be in the flow with Earth. This is like the universe is going to go this way whether we like it or not. Yes. Is, is that right? And we, you know, it's up to us whether we want to sort of go with the flow of it or... Exactly. Well, what, what I perceive is that um, the Gaia, the soul of the Earth, is currently moving to this higher vibrational reality and is more or, more or less thereabouts fifth dimensional, you know, a couple more years, 2012, and her center of consciousness will be in the fifth dimension. She'll still have a presence in the third dimension, but a center of consciousness will be there. And basically, what you have currently in this plane of reality is, in my experience anyway, two worlds overlapping and a movement of energy from one world to the other, which is probably synchronistically why you're seeing um, a dwindling of resources here. And, and then also those that are not tuned into this higher vibration are sensing loss and, you know, of, as, of things draining away from them, which is probably why there's kind of an, an attempt at increasing control because, because even though they may not know it, um, they're actually feeling sense of loss. So I think that's what's defining a lot of the issues that we're experiencing right now. Yeah, because you can sort of see a, a bigger... Um disparity between the light and the dark it seems you've got more and more people waking up um being becoming aware of who they are really and becoming spiritual without being religious and then on the yeah. other side you've got this control mechanism where it looks like all the conspiracy theories of the new world order are kind of coming up as well absolutely you know? yeah. absolutely you're right you're absolutely right there's a there's an increase in polarity and i think there's a couple of reasons for that i think one you know, humanity has been locked in this kind of um, illusionary reality for, for a long, long time, which to me was not a part of the original design. And it's almost as if our consciousness, the consciousness of society, the, the, the mass human subconsciousness, is, is like a kind of anchor which is holding, which has been holding the earth back, Gaia back, the solar system, and even to a degree, the universe. And, but, but that can't continue. As we all know, it's inevitable. The universe is moving to a higher perfection, and the energy is moving to a higher vibration. 
So awakening people are attuning to this increasing vibration, this new plane of existence. And as we do so, what we're doing is we're calling into question anything that is, is of a lower vibration, that of, of a lower truth and harmony. And, and because everything, including matter, is purely consciousness, if, if we question with our consciousness the validity of that uh, illusion that, that society has caught itself in, if we keep questioning it, then it's going to start falling apart, and you're going to see this increasing polarity between light and dark, and that's that's I believe is what what's happening right now. Mm. I think because it kind of because I do look at things like you know consciousness and reality. Reality mirrors consciousness, right? Yeah. And and so we see the drama being played out in reality. So I guess. Um, you know, as this this light comes in and people wake up, then people are drawn to maybe trying to do do the right thing. Maybe you know, like you get a lot of people that um, want to bring out what's been revealed, or you get yeah. a lot of whistleblowers coming out and stuff like that. So there's like a lot of revealing of hidden truths, um, yeah. which I think if you're on the ascension pathway and you kind of know what's going on because I know we're going to talk about your different gateways later on but it's like um, for me anyway it's like part of the process of awakening is kind of learning what reality is really about and what's really been going on on earth you know the hidden stuff and at first you're kind of in denial and you're shocked and then you're angry and eventually you kind of accept it and then yes. you don't go into fear and you kind of rise above it don't you exactly yes but it's so, like a lot of people are going to go for that kind of accelerated, <gasps> you know, what's it, going on? Well, I think there are going to be a lot of, um, yeah, there are going to be a lot of shocked people in, in the years to come because we're most definitely moving out of the era of appeasement into the era of consequence. You know, it's not, we don't have much time to get this right anymore. We're, we're going to see, um, I, you know, global warming for me is one of the, processes is perhaps the key process by which Gaia is going to reclaim herself you know we've been out of balance with with her um, all this time and it's a, it's as though you know she in line with the higher will has allowed us to have free will for so long but we've not we've not as a, as a race yet realigned with the truth with the, with the natural order of things, and therefore, um, you know, it feels to me like like in the very near future, we're going to be faced with the the consequences of being out of alignment with the natural order of things, and we can avoid that no longer. It's going to come back to us very strongly, as you know, as a mirror. And a lot of people are going to have to wake up very quickly um, as as these consequences start to unveil. Yeah. What I'm, what I'm, actually, what I'm conscious of actually is a lot of people listening to the show who probably haven't got a lot, not a lot, um, a lot of knowledge about ascension. Okay. So I think it'd just be good to sort of, in a nutshell, describe what ascension is. And is it? Can anybody get involved in it? And also, what happens to people who don't get in, involved in it? I guess. Yeah, some great questions. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, first off, I think we should say that ascension is a very normal, uh, very almost 
well, can I call it ordinary? <laughs> I'm not sure I can, but it's a, it's a natural process of the universe moving from a lower vibrational harmony to a higher one. It's like, um, you know, if you, if you imagine different stations on a radio, um, you can tune into a particular radio station at a low frequency, a low vibration, and then you can turn into a higher ones. Well, humanity so far has been only tuned into the, you know, one station, basically. But we have a whole vast array of other possibilities that we can tune into. And because we, because we create our world and our experience of the world by what we expect it to be, if we keep expecting a certain reality, then that's what we're going to get. And we're not going to sense the higher vibrational planes. So that's, first off, that's one reason why ascension isn't something that gets talked about, you know, in the general public or the general media, because it's, it's not on the radar screen. It's not something that is, is actually real for them. Yeah. Because, because, because the concentration has been far too focused in the plane of materiality. Yeah, just just to sort of come in there as well, though. I think there's a, a someone's building a very fearful version of Ascension with 2012, yeah. aren't they? Yes, they're kind of painting this doomsday picture. Sure, taking the Mayan calendar out of context. We've got yes. a big film coming out this year as well. So I think with people like yourself and you know people on my site, we've got a lot of work to do to try and get the real story out there about We're- awakening. We have indeed. You're absolutely right. I mean, in, in our work, um, we, you know, we use meditational techniques to help people experience the fifth dimension, what that's all about and how it really is. And it's, it's a place, as, as, as you, you certainly know, of profound joy, harmony, um, love, transparency, and honesty are the key things. So when, when two beings meet, there is total transparency between those two beings. There's no hidden agenda. Um, and, that, and that, for me, is a really powerful experience. And the, and the important thing is, for anybody who's kind of new to this, is we're not talking about you know, leaving this plane of reality and moving somewhere else to experience it. Ascension and the fifth dimension can be experienced right here, right now, in a, in a third-dimensional body. Basically, what you're doing is you're opening yourself up to lighter, higher, more subtle vibrations, feelings of joy, feelings of at-one-ment with all things, um, feelings of our total interconnectivity with life. These are the things that you can tune into right here, right now, and, and you know it's available to every single one of us. Mm. So synchronicity seems to be a signpost from the universe in a way do you think yeah absolutely yeah absolutely synchronicity is such an important um tool and i mean let's look at what synchronicity is for a moment um because there is this order in the universe um because there is a flow to increasing order then you're going to see apparent chance coincidences but it's not of course they're not chance coincidences at all they're there, um, the it's the universal language of love. It's basically saying, "Hey, we are all one. We're all interconnected. And if you just open for a moment to the possibility that 
we're all we're all co-creating this reality together, then synchronicity can be a powerful objective message. You know, where you sometimes where we might sometimes be a little bit confused as to what we're being told and what we're experiencing. Synchronicity can be the objective hand, the, the referee, if you like, that says, yeah, this is, this is the truth. This is what's really going on. Yeah. I mean, I find it absolutely incredible. Um, the, the moment I started to take notice of numbers, I mean, I got the 11-11 all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then basically... So are we, yeah. So you get that as, as well. Yeah. Um, and then I started to notice... Actually, I did. I read a book by Drumvalo Melchizedek, and he uh-huh. talks about the numbers 111222, all up to 999. Yeah. And then literally the next day, in, in quick succession, I saw... 222 two, two, then 333 three, yeah. three, then 444 four, four. and then I woke up in the middle of the night turned over looked at the clock it was 333 three, three. went yeah. downstairs in the morning looked at the clock it was 555 yeah absolutely <laughs> literally all within 24 hours <laughs> absolutely yeah I know once you start looking um, it, it gets stronger and stronger and actually it's a language that you can build and build and build the more attention you bring to it the stronger it gets and benevolent consciousness you know our soul family or guardian angels, whatever you want to call it, um, they will speak through synchronicity. So, for example, if, you, if we go about life with a truly open mind, with no agenda, and we ask the question, what would you have me do now, or how would you have me be now, then um, benevolent consciousness is going to speak to you through basically telepathic knowing exchange. You will, you will get a feeling, get a knowing to look at something to connect with something, to read a sign. And if you stay open, then the meaning of that sign will come to you. And we are, we have, we are adept at this skill of reading synchronicity, but you do have to practice it. You do have to, you know, it's something, it's like riding a bike. You have to keep practicing. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's like, but one thing, life looks chaotic and crazy, and you could say that we've got free will, so nothing's predestined. But yeah. then over the top of that, it's like at some really high level, you know, where obviously the universe is geometric and stuff like that. There just to be, there seems to be this beautiful order to everything. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I and I think the point is, where are we coming from when we see synchronicity or make choices? So, for example. In the beginning, when we're being an identity which is separate from all things, then yes, it's like we've got, we've got choice, we've got free will. But then what happens is, after a while of traveling along the path, along, on the journey, we become pure presence. We become the absolute seer of all things. And then what's, what's going on is a flow of energy. The only real choice at that point is to be aligned with the flow until there's such alignment that no choice is really being made at all. There is just the flow. Mm. Yeah, it, it certainly is the flow. You, you certainly feel like you're in the flow as well, don't you? Yeah. Just get that sort of feeling of oneness. and Absolutely. Uh, oh, no, it's amazing. Yeah. So just going back to the, um, the gateways as well, because uh-huh. this is kind of your uh, roadmap of helping people through a stepped process, isn't it, from beginning yeah. to end in a way. Yes. So I think that'd be really good to sort of go into that in more detail. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, what, what happened for me was the, the car crash, uh, my awakening, 
was really just the beginning. And from that experience, uh, I was taken, I, I found myself uh, guided on a journey through life, through life's experiences, confronting attachments in myself, distortions, distorted behavior patterns, conditioned behaviors, confronting these behaviors and letting them go. And each, each, with each um, journey, with each uh, uh, experience or, um, or pattern of experiences I was having, I found that I, would ca I came to specific transitions of consciousness where there was some major event took place that invited me to embrace a higher truth. And in embracing that higher truth, I seemed to step through from one level of consciousness to another. It, it felt like going through a gateway. Some people call them initiations. And I, I found myself being taken on this journey in this way. And I'd probably gone through what I would now describe as three, maybe even four of these transitions when I went to a workshop by a guy called William Meader, who is quite a reasonably well-known um, Californian guy who um, works in the esoteric belief system. And he spoke of five initiations. And I instantly recognized what he was talking about because of my own journey. So I knew I'd kind of got synchronistic um, support for what I'd already experienced. So basically, I... Um, came to know that there were five key expansions of consciousness on the journey to enlightenment and ascension. And that, and that even though we might all have a unique path, just as we go up a mountain, we might have a unique path up the mountain, there are certain um, layers, there are certain levels which we go through as we're, as we're traveling up the mountain. So, yes, to me there are five key expansions. And if you like, we can go. We can have a quick look at the, what those are now. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yes, yeah, so the first one's awakening. Yeah, the first one is awakening. So, so, what, what, so yeah. naturally, would that be somebody who's just kind of stepped on the path con consciously to awaken, or something's kind of happened to them that it's like a catalyst, if you like? Well, yeah. The interesting thing is, for any gateway, you can't um, you can't plan it. You can't uh, gauge when it's going to be. It simply happens. But what you can do is you can prepare. Now, some people just go through awakening without even being aware of, uh, in the, you know, that it's, it's starting to happen. So, for example, they, may, they might go through some major life-changing experience, like a breakdown in a relationship or they lose a job or, you know, something like this happens, a major loss. And sometimes it's kind of quite a big it can be quite a big kind of spiritual emergency that goes on. And at that point, what happens is they're caused to let go of trying to shape, manipulate, and control the external drama in some way. And in that letting go process, the consciousness, which is the soul, steps out of the drama, if you like. And at that, at that point, we actually start to feel our interconnectivity with all things. Now, when someone awakens, they may still get lost in the drama again, still get um, identified with what's going on, but there'll always be some way of quickly returning back to 
um, a sense of connection with all. And that, and when someone can continually do that, you can say they're awakened. Mm. Okay. So the next stage is realignment. It, it is indeed. Yeah. Yes, it's what I'm calling realignment. So, for example, we we are now awake, but um, we're still. It's still like. Um, we're in touch with a greater reality, but we're not necessarily aligned with a natural flow. And we don't, we're not necessarily going with what is the highest truth in every situation. So we might be able to really let go and, and just experience expanded reality, but we're not actually doing anything with it. Now, at some point, they'll come, they'll kick in a knowing that there's only really one thing going on, and that is the the continual experience and unfolding of our soul and expression of that um, through through the through the mirror, and and so there comes this yearning to align with the natural order of things and just to really surrender to that flow and express our highest truth in every moment. And when we reach the point where we are truly making a constant conscious choice to unfold and express the soul in every moment, then then we can say we've been realigned. It's it's like every stage you go to, you're tested as well, aren't you? You keep getting little tests. Indeed, it does feel like a major test. A, a mm. gateway experience would be like a test. I mean, for me, it came in my my marriage. Um, we'd my marriage had been on the rocks for thirteen years, basically, and I'd not really been honest with myself that I, I kept I kept going because of sense of duty, uh, because of wanting to please others, and and sense of guilt that if I if I walked away. But, of course, all of these are kind of really fear-based uh, feelings and experiences. They're not, they're not based on higher truth. And was I was caused to confront the truth and express the truth to my now ex-wife. And so I did that. And, and in so doing, our relationship ended. And with it, although I felt great pain, I also felt felt a great expansion of consciousness as I stepped through what I what what I knew to be that realignment gateway. Mm. Would that be a transfiguration process? Or well, still realignment. That's still realignment in my in my understanding. But what comes next is a transfiguration. So if if we follow, if we if we're now realigned and we keep making conscious, uh, constant conscious choices that express our highest truth in every matter. What's going to happen is the soul is going to take us on a journey. It's going to take us on a journey to confront all of those areas where we get stuck. And in particular, it's going to get us to confront two things, the inner child identity and the inner teenager identity. Now, what these are, if you can imagine from, from early childhood, we've, we form a personality based on uh, the conditioned behaviors that are instilled in us by our parents, friends, society. And we form fixed neural pathways in the brain, which essentially build up a web identity, which then the, the soul gets f- fragmented into. 
And the same happens at, at around puberty. Suddenly the body is infused with hormones that can make us quite rebellious uh, in many ways. Sometimes it has the opposite effect. But basically we then build up conditioned behaviors once more which form an inner teenager identity. Now, most people are acting through a combination of these two filters, which you can call the false self. Now, during the real, as we step forward to transfiguration, we're basically confronting all of those old patterns and stripping them away. So we're going through an inner purification process. And as we do so, eventually, the inner teenager and child that these two web identities, they completely shatter and the dissipated fragments of soul reunite and form this surging flow of energy up the spine that reconnects with unity consciousness in the third eye. And then basically we step out of the, the ashes of identity into, into this non-identified pure presence which is the seer and now we're riding the soul like a wave through the personality so that that would be the transfiguration mm. do you feel that many people are on that road now is that kind of it sounds almost like an enlightenment but yeah that's, that's kind of the next one isn't it well if it, it when you experience it it does feel like enlightenment yes mm. and and you can have when you're on the path to being fully transfigured you're going to be having enlightenment experiences, but it's a bit like a roller coaster ride. Because, like, one moment you'll be in an enlightened, non identified experience and feeling really high with loads of energy flowing. And the next moment, it's like you can't get out of bed in the morning because it feels so heavy and you're processing dense energies. So, yeah. so it's a real roller coaster ride. Especially because we're still surrounded by a lot of negative. Um, thoughts and feelings and you know and, and people really that absolutely uh, so it's kind of it's hard to maintain I guess isn't it to try and stay buoyant in that you're absolutely you're absolutely right you know um, it's almost you can view it like the new level of consciousness is like a flower which is gently unfolding its petals and what needs to happen is it it really needs the space to keep expressing this new consciousness because if friends and family are continually reminding us of the old consciousness through judgmentalism, which tends to happen, and opinion forming, which tends to happen, then we, we can get all too easily sucked back in. So one of the things that we quite strongly advise is that at this point, part of the purification process is also purifying our relationships. So it may be that we're going to have to shed some relationships or indeed maybe just get space from certain relationships like maybe with parents, get, get a, a great deal of space away and, and then maybe at some point in the future a new relationship will form when you're in a new consciousness place. Mm. Or just sort of getting out into nature and um, you know, sort of experiencing something where there's not a lot of people around where you can really yeah. sort of connect with things as well absolutely that that yeah. was so important to me too yeah yeah, yeah it was so important yeah because because there is that kind of uh problem where if you sort of shut yourself away then you might not be able to 
I don't know. Do you? It's, it's, this is like where I find it difficult, right? Some of the questions I ask now might you might be able to answer better, but there's kind of like you're sort of stuck in the middle. Do you think do I go and isolate myself somewhere uh-huh. and um, just be blissful? But then, yeah. just really, I'm just serving myself and just being in this beautiful state. Or do I kind of stay in this beautiful state, but tr- still be amongst it to try and uh-huh. be of service to sort of encourage people around me? And there's danger, danger being sucked in, isn't there? Well, that's a great, that's a really uh, crucial question you're asking there. It's a really important question. Um, from my perspective, you know, because we do a lot of. Um, developmental work with people um, we run a lot of courses in this um, it's a balance it's getting a balance of both so um, it's really important that we continually ground and integrate this new consciousness and if if we're being constantly reminded of the old consciousness like in a, in a job if we're doing a 9 to 5 or you know a certain group of friends or family if we're constantly reminded that it's very difficult to keep unfolding this new consciousness. However, there's the other side of the, of the coin, and that is in order to advance, we need to confront the old patterns and let them go. So what we need is a careful balance of, of both. And what I found was that, you know, I had like in a day there would be several hours that I put aside to my own, you know, development, my own beingness, focusing on what I was feeling completely. You know, I'd get up early in the morning and meditate. I'd go out at lunchtime, I'd meditate, and in the evenings I'd be in nature or whatever it was. But I'd also be visiting my kids. You know, I had a job. I, I'd, I'd uh, maybe be seeing friends or family. So I'd, so I'd mix the two, but be really clear about what's happening to your consciousness as you go into particular environments and be, and be watching that. Yeah. So basically, well, we're sort of living in a society where there's a lot of fear. A lot of people buy into that fear, don't they, as um, well? And it seems yeah. that the whole the whole game, if you like, has been set up to keep everybody in fear that creates a field of energy around us that's yes. really supporting the old paradigm. And Absolutely. It's like, it's like we just have to sort of break out of that. And I think you, you mentioned this in, in your article I read um, today, is that we're kind of in the world, but we're not part of it, if you like. We're in it, but not of it yeah (laughs) Yeah, we're we're in it but not of it yeah absolutely Uh, yeah I mean it is it is not easy but you know as I said we we work with a lot of people and we work with a lot of ordinary people who are in the matrix so to speak so doing ordinary jobs and what I can say to you beyond and to everybody listening beyond a shadow of a doubt there is a pathway for every single one of us who truly steps onto the path and is profoundly honest with themselves, there is a pathway through all of this and out of all of this. And if you just keep trusting and keep following that pathway, then then you will find you will find salvation. You will find you know you'll become enlightened and you will find the higher paradigm. Sure. So with the analogy you painted earlier that it's kind of two realities overlaid so you've got the fifth and the third so yeah. it's like the third it encapsulates the third and it's like the a fifth bridge. encapsulates the third yeah that's right and there's a bridge the fourth is like a bridge between the two yeah so at some point um as as more people wake up and we become more aligned with the earth's fifth dimensional 
energy yes. there's going to have to be some kind of breaking off isn't there because eventually we become like a spiritual society uh-huh. um, and then the negative should break away but, but it's not going to break away without a fight I guess it's going to be quite a lot of it will appear ugly on the surface I think as a lot of that is kind of risen to the surface and cleared and stuff like that so I wonder what happens to those the negative people I mean, do they okay. just, that's kind of, do they sort of disappear out of our lives or okay. do they kind of drop off and die? <laughs> you know? well, well, you're asking a very powerful question again. Um, I, and what I can, I can only share what I feel and what I should say is that I am sure I will only share what I know to be my truth. So this is not speculation. It's my truth and it could change. But well, I'll share what, what I know to be my truth. Firstly, what I know in my truth is coming because I, I experience it on a moment-by-moment basis. I was shown it as a vision in the crash, is that we are coming to some very, very powerful transition indeed. And there is going to be accelerated global warming and, and society is going to fall apart as we currently know it. Uh, because it's totally and utterly unsustainable. It's a lower vibrational harmony and it cannot sustain itself as we move forward into this fifth dimensional reality. So that's going to cause quite a good deal of what will appear on the surface as chaos in, in the beginning. And there will be all kinds of elements trying to control that, as we already, well, as we already know, the whole new, war, new world order thing. But what I, what I am given to, to know is that in order to survive the transitions that are coming, you will have to be fifth dimensional. There's no two ways around it. So fifth dimension, when we become fifth dimensional, we'll survive the changes that are going to take place. Now, the question is what happens to the, to the rest? Well, there are many possibilities that can happen and many precedents that have happened in the past. So, for example, when we pass on, if we are able to find the light, even if, say, we're not enlightened, but if we are able to find the light, then what happens is we go into a parallel, uh, a, a parallel universe, what you might call the angelic realms, which interface with, with this universe. And an alternative possibility of incarnation will present itself at some point. Now, there will also be, highly likely, uh, absolutely certain, many what you would call earthbound souls. Souls who pass on, but because of fear um, and identification with material, become trapped in, in this third dimensional reality. And the angelic realms and benevolent consciousness work tirelessly to help release those. But there will also be there will be souls that will be lost. In my truth, that's absolutely certain, that we've reached this point now where many souls have just been going round the loop and not evolving and not advancing. And that's not in the overall interest of the universe. And so some souls will be reintegrated with the source, which is a great, um, yeah, it's a great loss, but it's, it's almost certainly likely to happen. Yeah. 
it's interesting because there seems to be a lot of scientific evidence backing up what could happen and I think um, we're now really starting to see it aren't we there's obviously a greater number of earthquakes that seem to be happening the weather is getting uh-huh. more um, disruptive um, I saw a presentation the other day as well where it showed all the planets in the solar system heating up as well uh-huh. I don't know if you've, if you've seen that you go on the, on, the, on the web and you can search different planets like Pluto uh, Mars Jupiter's even got another big spot growing on it apparently uh-huh. through storms so it seems that there's interplanetary climate change not just on earth so it's oh absolutely uh, so it's like i guess it, as you've got the, the light coming in it must brighten things up mustn't it well i think i think what you're seeing is i mean if you look if you look at um you, you know we've been shown what happens to a planet when it fully you know ascends basically you see Sirius. you see it becomes a um first a red dwarf it becomes super hot um and then basically a white dwarf as the, all the energy is released and and it it com- compacts in on itself. That that to me is a metaphor. It's a model for what is happening here. So yes, I, I believe global warming is in a to a degree natural. And yet, what I think mankind has done has kind of kickstarted it to a to a high level. From from my perspective, the transition was always meant to be gentle, in order to encourage as much life on the planet as possible to give it time to ascend and to, mo- and to move into the higher vibration. But because we've resisted, it's like we've created this huge polarity. It's like um, how a tornado is created. We've created, we've, we've resisted and held back. And so now we're being pulled forward a lot faster. Mm. And, glo- and global heating is one of the mechanisms by which that's happening. Yeah, yeah, sure. That's it's, my perspective anyway. Yeah. <laughs> But there's a lot of converging factors. I mean, the, the Mayans and the, the Hopis and all these different indigenous groups all seem to be pointing towards this date, don't they? Yeah. You know, some people say t- 2012, but it's it's happening now, isn't it? It's been happening it's for... It's happening now. Yeah. It's like a huge window, isn't it? It and, is, you know, yes. It's like the way I look at it is imagine imagine um, you, us taking one step and how long that one step takes, you know, a couple of seconds or a second. Hmm. Well, Gaia is taking a step, and that step is has taken is taking a number of years. To me, it's about twenty years. It's ta- it's ta- twenty kind of our years, if you like, hmm. to move from from one plane to the other, and which which will be complete in two thousand and twelve. Yeah. Is what we're all feeling. Yeah, and it's in a way, you know, a lot of people hold on to the old paradigm. Um, you know, they they feel that the banking system. Well, a lot of people realise now that it's not so great. But you know, up until October last year, when it all started to go down, you know, this this kind of cushy reality where the, the banks were your friend, they lent you the money, and yeah. here's a mortgage, you can have this. Absolutely. Um, and everyone was be- becoming really materialistic, and but sure. not being evil materialistic, but I guess in a nice way where everyone had lots of creature, uh, creature comforts and life yeah. was good. And now it's kind of being ripped away. Yeah. And, you know, sadly, it has to go because we can't keep going with this greed and control, can we? And it's really only sorting a, a, suiting a few people at the very, very top, isn't it? Absolutely. Really. I mean, I don't, I don't personally, I, I, I can see why on one level we would say it was sad. And, and yeah, it's going to cause enormous turmoil. So, yeah, at one level it's sad. But, you know, I have three kids and those three kids um, are in school. And they're, you know, they're 9, 10, 11. And I see the way they are conditioned by society, by, you know, the, the junk that's put in the food, 
by mobile phones and gadgetry, by Wi-Fi, by TV, you name it, how they're conditioned. And I, I see how the light of the soul gets dimmed within that environment. And I see, you know, all around the injustice of how the earth is treated and how animals and the plant kingdom are treated and how society seems to think that, you know, the world, the planet is at our behest, that, that it's up to us to change it, shape it according to our singular desires. To me, that status quo, you know, that, that's no... That's no reality to, <laughs> mm. to hold at all, you know. So for me, for one, it won't be as sad when, this, when, it all, when it all goes. Yeah, I just think it'll be, it'll be kind of scary and exciting at the same time. I agree, yeah. Yeah, um, but I guess, you know, because I think some people think, what do we do? Do we kind of go out and buy loads of food and stockpile everything? Or do we kind of trust our heart in a way that will be guided it's kind of right. A, well, that's that, that's a multi-million-dollar question, and, yeah. and and you're absolutely right. The answer is to follow your heart, follow your soul. Because what I would say to every single person, and if there's one really important point that comes out of this this program, I think it must be this, and that is that every there is a path for every single one of us if we choose to walk it, and you know it will lead us to to safety. It will lead us to the higher paradigm. And whether or not we should stay in the city and continue with the job or whether we should go and head off to the countryside and set up some kind of um, community is really entirely in nature for your own soul because this is not about an external journey. This is an internal journey which is achieved by peeling away layers of attachment. So if it is your destiny to stay in the matrix, so to speak, and to help others um, see the way out, then however dangerous or risky that might be, that may well be your path to, to evolution, to enlightenment. So at the end of the day, we have to, to, we have to learn how to tune into our soul and follow it. Mm. That's the key. Yeah, and I, and I guess um, Mother Earth... She can heal herself, I guess, uh, once she's kind of kicked all the fleas off, <laughs> if you like. <laughs> indeed, yeah. I, you know, go good scratch and, and stuff I, like indeed. that. I, I guess she would fix herself. Indeed. Uh, I remember, I, it's funny you say that. I remember traveling through Birmingham only um, a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, if you've ever gone through Birmingham on the train, you know, there's a lot of kind of industrial wasteland, old buildings which are derelict and not being used. And I was just absolutely amazed to see how much plant life was growing through old concrete. And as I went, as I went past one building, there were even trees growing up through the drain pipes. And I thought, this is Gaia reclaiming itself. And, it and, and indeed, yeah. I think that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's it. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, we've, we think we've built all these marvelous things, but they could just be torn down in an instant. And I think, oh, yeah. you know, sadly... That's what these these earthquakes have shown as well, yeah. really. So, yeah, you know, you know when, when you think of the pyramids as well, you know that's a that's obviously a very spiritual structure, isn't it? Indeed, and it's, it's lasted a very, very, very long time. Yes. and um, why we can't look back into our ancient history and realise we've got it all wrong? In a yeah, way, yeah, yeah. Well, yes. I mean, I think there are some quite destabilising influences and energies, shall we say, which which actually shut down and block 
our um, connection to the past and to our history yeah. and what, what really went on. So um, I, th- I think, you know, um, I, don't, I don't think we're really to blame for a lot of what's happened, but we're responsible. <laughs> yeah. We're responsible for what we're going to now do, but I don't think we're really to blame for what's been going on so much. Mm. I mean, maybe in a way at some higher level, um, we wanted to experience separation so yeah. we've kind of we've done a very good job of setting up a very vivid dramatic separation experience indeed and, and now yes. we're ready to kind of move on from that in a way and let go of it that's right yes yeah indeed. yeah okay i mean we're, we're kind of on top of the hour now anyway so okay um just before we go is there anything else that you'd like to cover i know you've got a website as well so you've got um you're basically www.openhand Web. Sorry, openhandweb.org. That's right, yes. And you've got some wonderful articles on there, haven't you? Yes. And, and you've got your video and yes. stuff like that. And you do quite a lot of workshops with people as well, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a full-time occupation. So we, we're writing continually and um, we're um, doing seminars and we're, we're doing workshops. We basically give workshops aligned with the five transitions of consciousness we've been speaking of. Um, so we, we, we don't, they're, they're not actually geared to take people do, through the transition during the course, but actually to prepare, prepare people for those transitions. So, so our, our work is really centered around those, those five gateways, yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, I'd love to get you back on here again um, in the near future. Um, that would be nice, Ian. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Well, yeah, thanks for, um, for coming on. You're and, very welcome. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, cheers, Ian. Thanks cheers. very much. Bye.